Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. This is the weekend golf update for the 2021 Wells Fargo Championship. I am your host, Adam Bapti. And as always, I'm joined by my brothers, Kevin. Hey, everyone. And Craig. Hey, guys. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there listening. That's right. It's probably going to be a day later, but happy Mother's Day, a late Mother's Day to all the mothers. Hey, you can never say it too many times. That's absolutely That's true. right. That's true. That's true. Uh, it is Mother's Day, so thank you to our wives and mothers for, or I guess our singular mother for, uh, yeah, for everything that you do for us. And yeah. let's get into this. Let's get and into continue to everything you have done and continue to do for <laughs> yeah. us. Exactly. Just being the best mother that could ever be out there, ever. Oh, we, my we win. God. We win. Uh, Brown knows her over there. <laughs> Global Boy always has to take it one step further. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, let's talk some golf. Let's talk some golf here. We have the 2021 Wells Fargo Championship. Rory is back in the winner's circle. Craig, give us a little bit of a tournament recap here. Well, I mean, just let me contain my... I, I'm just excited. Usually, I'm, we're about 20 minutes in, and I have to bring up Rory when he has <laughs> nothing to do with the tournament, so we get to start off the top. Uh, yeah, what it's, it's been, I think, something like... 18 months, 19 months. It was 2019, yeah. pre-pandemic. Last time we saw Rory in the winner's circle. He went out there. He was top 20 off the tee, top 20 approach. He was third in putting this week. So he did a lot of work with the flat stick, uh, which is an encouraging thing, I think. You know, it would be easy to see Rory do this just with his driver. Uh, and, and you know, it might not give us the same confidence, but... The one big one to me. So Rory has now won the the Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow three times. Right. His next start will be at the PGA Championship, a tournament he has won two times. So do you think he can go back to back hat tricks here and 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 hey. go right? Including at this at this venue, at, at, yeah, Island. at uh, at Kiowa, at a place that he has won it before. So my question to you guys is. How much more confidence does this give you on Rory going into the PGA Championship in two weeks? Tons. I mean, it's, a ton. I, I think the question I'd throw back to both of you, is he the favorite of everyone, of the entire field? DJ, Rom, everybody, Bryson. Is, he, is Rory now the favorite, just like taking into that history a little bit? I mean, he's he's catapulted himself into the discussion. He's he's top five for sure. Yeah, uh, you for know? sure. I think top five. Yeah, I think anyone I'd, I'd say top two or three i'd say i'd say anyone of the the dj jt rom bryson rory is now but the thing is so like you look at you look at who the favorites would be rom just missed a cut for the first time in 22 starts (laughs) jt his his putter woes are you know he's uh, he's killing it t to green but his putter is giving him all kinds of trouble um bryson I mean, we don't know if he's going to remember to stick around for the weekend or not. Um, you know, so I, I think... DJ's slumping. I think DJ that there's care. more potential right now for Rory. <laughs> there's more potential for Rory to vault right into the favorite than if, you know, if Rom was still on a real hot streak or if JT had all, yeah. everything working right now. I, I think it's more vulnerable uh, up top right now. The, the only reason I would say he might not be the outright favorite is just it's a small sample size. You know, he had been struggling for a while and he's flashed at a, at a you know, kind of a horse for course kind of venue absolutely um so you know before we get too far ahead of ourselves i don't know about outright favorite but yeah he's absolutely in the discussion see i I think i don't know if uh craig will have more rory data later in the show but i i kind of challenge the whole struggling thing like it's been a long time since he's won without a doubt that's been a long time for his career but has he really been that bad like for sure but it's just it's compared to rory so like it hasn't been that compat that bad compared to like a for a pga professional but compared to the guy that you know we were just talking before we came online like probably the best golfer the last of the past decade so um it's just it's sort of like it's i mean obviously it's not quite tiger but it's sort of like tiger where you measure the scale is different that you measure rory by and so i mean he had fallen uh, to the lowest ranking he had had since he was 18 or 19 years old, you know, so... 13th um, in the world. He was really <laughs> scraping the bottom there. Wasn't he down to 15th there at one point? I, I don't know. Regardless, it was... it was For Rory, it was bad. But, yeah. um, it, it, I mean, the, the, the reality is he's just so good that even when he was playing bad, he was still, like, getting top 10s randomly. And um, Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, his low point was at, like, the players there. He, he was an, 
a not even close to competitive miscut there. And then yep. missing the yep. cut at the Masters. Like, the, it, it, there's some red flags happening for sure. <laughs> because Rory, typically, his floor is so high. Like, yeah. you are just talking about, yeah. Craig, that, like, he kind of, he when he's not playing cuts. his best, he's still in the top 30 a lot of the yeah. time, you know? And I think not seeing him, like, I, I can't even remember the last time we really saw him in contention. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the, like, you, you kind of think once every three or four starts that he's, he's yeah. part of the, he's really part of the story. Um, but I think one of the, one of the other ones that I think is really interesting is we saw JT fell going into the players. He had fallen, I think, to a, a 22 to one favorite going into the players. Right. And then he won it. And then very quickly was back to being a favorite in tournaments. Yeah. And Rory, I think it was the first time they said that he had fallen to at least a, a 20 to one yeah. Or, or, you know, into the 20s. 18, 20, and, 22, yeah. Yeah, uh, in uh, however long. Uh, and then he goes and wins it. So I, I guess long story short is anytime one of these guys falls falls in, uh, up into the 20s, then take them because they always have a shot. They, they turn around in a hurry. Yeah. But that's kind of interesting what you said about those top five guys looking at the PGA Championship because there is something kind of poor going with all of them. JT, Rom, DJ, all those guys, Bryson. I think the scariest group might be that tier two or like one B when you get like the Hovlands, the Speeths, the Xander, Cam Smith. Like those guys are the ones that might be more threatening than these elite, elite guys that all have some kind of little red flag. But there's something a little bit worrisome about all of them. I think Hovland is one of the most dangerous players in golf right now. Absolutely. I, so I do agree. you think, does, does Victor Hovland, does he like waste shots? Is that his Achilles heel right now? Because he's so he's got so much firepower. Like every time I see him, it looks like he's just streaking up the leaderboard. So what's happening the rest of the time? No, I I think it's just golf is hard. Like uh, <laughs> I, I think I think everything has to click so much. Like Rory this week was third in the field in putting. Um, so what did how many strokes back was Hovland? Um, Finished two back. Three three. Two back, yeah. Sorry, because Rory bogey there. Um, uh, and he, I think, he, I think yeah, everything just kind of has to go right. Like the difference between these guys getting consistent top tens, top fives, and and popping for the win is that you kind of have to play mistake free, or like you have to get those extra couple putts to drop or something. Uh, but he's doing all the things. It just all needs to click, and everything kind of go perfectly for a week, and then and then he'll take one down. Um, but so I, I was, uh, you know, lucky enough to see our mother today on Mother's Day. Um, and, and the one thing, like my one takeaway, uh, both mom and dad were talking about golf. And my one takeaway is that Victor Hovland is a superstar in the making. Because at one point they, they are arguing about like who is, who is a Victor fan first. And like, like both of them were just gushing about how much they liked Victor Hovland. And like they were trying to, they were trying to argue about who, who liked him first. It was like hipsters arguing about a band. See, I'm in a different province and I had the pleasure to, you know, have a little Skype call with mom. And out of nowhere, she was talking about Hovland. Like, I didn't even segue to golf when she brought up Hovland today. Yeah. But, like, I, I think, you know, of these, this kind of next wave, um, I, I mean, I think Morikawa is a very charismatic guy, too. But I think Hovland just kind of has that it factor. Uh, he's, he's, he's already won a lot of fans. And as he gets more and more time um, in contention, in big tournaments, all this kind of stuff, he's just going to win more and more fans as we go. Yeah. Well, and with our mom's prowess and fantasy sports, and obviously, <laughs> obviously, she has a keen eye for talent. For her to like, you know, pick Ovlin, it's saying something. Yeah. What is the equivalent of getting a fan's jersey in golf? How do I get a Hovland jersey? <laughs> That's what I know. Well, we need to find out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the tournament a little bit. So Rory was kind of in the conference. He's in the last group with Keith Mitchell. Gary Woodling kind of got himself into a tie with Rory for a little bit. It looked like it'd be a two-man, three-man race. Kind of, you know, at the close of the back nine, entering the second nine. What did you guys think? Was was it always Rory's to lose? Or did Keith Mitchell look pressing at times? Did Gary Woodland look like he was going to get it? What did you guys think? I never really thought Gary Woodland was going to get it. Um, he, he did make a little push there around the turn, but I kind of think it's just cause he played those holes first where mm-hmm. there's some, there's a couple scoring holes, birdie, there. scoring holes. Yeah. Um, I did think that Keith Mitchell was looking dangerous there for a while, but his putter just went ice cold. Like as, as he made the turn and then onto the back nine, he just, he couldn't make anything. And he wasn't even really scaring the hole on a lot of his putts. So, um, at that point it, 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 with how Rory was playing, it definitely became his tournament to lose. 
I, I actually was surprised how well Keith Mitchell hung in there. He 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 did putt like he did hit a couple of key putts early on, you know, par saver yeah. type things early on, and then had some pretty good approaches, was setting himself up, getting scoring opportunities. Uh but yeah, um Rory was just hitting more putts and that seemed I, to be Yeah, Keith Mitchell even, it also felt like he really was shooting himself in the foot, you know, even early on, like his his back to back bogeys. I mean that first yeah. one so it felt like he just has the firepower um but you know i'm looking at five he was in the middle of the fairway that was the one where he had a it was a pitching wedge or or i don't know exactly what some kind of wedge in and he almost stuck it but it spun back off the front of the green yeah he had a bad chip uh where you know they were saying he should have put it but yeah it, it was one of these things where like it felt like he kept giving himself chances to do something good especially off the tee giving himself chances and then just really couldn't convert uh whether it was poor short game or just couldn't hit the the approaches or what but uh it it, it felt longer than i thought into the match that he still had a chance so and, and could well, have turned it yeah. on and really even on like he hit a great shot into 16 for his second shot there and he had a vote maybe 15 feet for birdie mm-hmm. he was inside rory uh rory miss i think if he made that it went to a one-shot lead for rory with two tough holes to play like it's anybody's game at that point so even on 16 if he could have bought himself a putt at that point um mm-hmm. he was right back right back in it so um yeah i i give him credit for hanging in as long as he did it's kind of gut-wrenching that it sounds like he needed a t2 or better to get into get the into PGA the Championship uh, and ended up oh. one shot back of that. So um, that's too bad because he obviously had a great week. Yeah, it also is is just a little bit of whiplash coming off the week that he just had because <laughs> what he shoot an eighty two or something. In his, yeah, I feel like a Sunday. couple of positional points there might have helped a little yeah. bit more than like trying um, to get it all back on one weekend. But like, it's just shocking. It's one of the things that's shocking about PGA golf is these guys. Like, he threw away. I think it was minus eight putting um, <laughs> yeah. last week. So I think in yeah, a single he, round on Sunday. Oh, was it just that was just on Sunday? So like you know, he had a he was positive this week putting, um, not a ton, but uh, you know the fact that you can go from as bad as he looked the week before to being you know the fifty four hole leader and being in contention against Rory McIlroy, Abe Anser, and Victor Hovland. You know, it's impressive how good these guys are. Uh, they just it's yeah. it's whether the scoring can happen or not. Well, did you hear what happened with his putter? It was bent, apparently. Or I, yeah, I didn't hear like, exactly. I just heard it was I, bent. I know. I was kind of like in and out of broadcast and like trying to hear. And like he had to get it fit. Like he called his equipment guy the Monday or the Sunday after uh, Valspar. And there, it was like bent or crooked or something. And that's why like all his alignment was off. Oh, that, like how can that happen? That's crazy. Yeah. Um. So just back to Rory real quick. I, I don't want to beat, beat the Rory horse. But so uh, and last hole there. Yes, you um, do. I do, yeah. We'll, we'll got, we got uh, some PJ previews coming up. I can get into Rory a bit more. But but in terms of the play, it's so the last hole there. Uh, yeah. You know, can't go left. <laughs> Somehow he pulls it left to left. Left it, to it left. Kicks, kicks off the hill. Hard. So Hard. That, that, sh- that swing is what makes me think he might not be the favorite going to the PJ <laughs> Championship. Because, like, you have so many things... That are fine there or acceptable, you just can't do what he did. That's the yeah. only thing that brings like double into play. But I also, yeah, and, and um, I mean, they were they were talking about early on that you know he did not have a good feel with his driver leaving the driving range, and he you know he yeah. hit extra balls and all that. So uh, probably good of him to get a squeeze a sixty eight out of it. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I would I, rather I see him hit driver up there as far as he can. And I kind of miss that a little bit. Is he trying to move to a cut? Off the he's team? only going to fade. Only going to fade his driver if he wants to go with a little bit of a draw. He'll pull his three wood, yeah. um, which is interesting. With trouble left, he pulled a three wood on eighteen. Um, yeah. So I don't know if he was really not confident at all in his driver. Well, I, I'm pretty sure he's he's like he's traditionally natural, he used to hit a draw drawer. with his driver, didn't he? So now but I think I think it just must be what part of what he's doing with with Pete Cowan and. He yeah. feels that that's a more repeatable movement for him. I, I don't know the details, but th- that is what he said, is that essentially yeah. sticking with a cut. The, yeah. the trend it, it's hard to, to trust, like, though. 
if it's like if it's you're, what you're transitioning to like it is a hard hard thing to trust that new swing i guess they were talking about that a little bit on the broadcast as well mm-hmm. but like stepping up on 18 and that's your new shot is to peel it right off of the water it's hard to yeah. trust that yeah yeah what are you saying though that's the new thing is to only work your driver one way like yeah and, and i i think that's a smart thing to do like with, I mean, with how far and how high, I mean, every single hole, if you see these guys that are in the top 50, you know, in driving distance or top 100 in driving distance, they're, they're cutting corners, they're going over trees that it doesn't really matter how the hole's shaped, it seems like in most courses. So play your fade that, you know, starts way over the left trees and have it come back like he did on, on what was it, three where he hit it or two where he hit it 372 yards like to the front of the green on the par four. Just yeah. absolutely smash it over the trees, playing the course like that. But yeah, work it. there's enough area, I guess, to work it just one way on most of these courses. Yeah, yeah, I think there's there's pretty, like from a data analytics point of view, I think there's pretty good um, stats to back up that this is the better approach. Um, that it, it, it's one of these sort of old school golf things where working it both ways is will work out better for you but i think the numbers are backing up more and more that it actually doesn't and you're better off because it's easier the loft that the three wood adds essentially makes it easier to draw it and so people who try to move both ways with the driver it just it just introduces more misses to their to their golf swing yeah and misses both ways um but anyways regardless so so what were you th- were you were so he hits the he hits the draw the, or the three wood there um good decision I, I i mean obviously it turned out to be a good decision but taking the drop out of the out of the you know edge of the creek there i, I don't think he could have I, I think the wrong decision would have been trying to go back to the fairway i thought when he was when that's he was just, that's down just and screaming you're gonna flub this into the creek to totally a hundred percent when they were initially pacing off to the left i'm like that's a great call yeah, yeah and yeah. then when they did ultimately decide to drop um i guess and then drop drop pick it up and place it you get a better lie and he's able to smash it it's his it seemed iron, like the so. ball was still quite a little bit below his feet but yeah uh, i mean I, I i also for some reason i thought he would have more club there i didn't think it was going to be an eight iron so that Same. was the yeah the hesitancy um, I would so have. it with with how it works with the pga tour and the and the grand sands or hospitality area or whatever that is could he have just like fired it into that smashed it up there. smashed it into that <laughs> tent there and then like gotten a drop right up there because like like you know i know it's kind of cheese ball but that might have been this like better play kind of gives him a more level eye potentially but i i thought that that's sort of what they were looking at but thinking so like, i think we got to move all these people and be like yeah I'm no but to i think essentially it, right it was the guys. angle in so i i think it the further left gave him a harder angle right because because what he was saying and to uh i forget what his caddy's name is there um Harry but or something, I think. Harry, yeah that sounds right uh that essentially he he wanted the angle closer to the creek where he was and so that's when they just decided well like you know we could, we could drop it right here so uh i mean and he hit a great eight iron and, and made it you know a, a easy two putt to to take it down yes we are grandstand golf yeah. so we, i mean we started this in a pandemic we there's been no fans now that there's grand there's the blue wall to lpga that was so a, are we that like are hit. we like pro people hitting into grandstands i don't know we are we like are we is that a insult we need to, to really us? figure no, out i think two the grandstand book I think the grandstands need to be in play more. It's like if you're behind a grandstand, don't, don't get line of sight. You go over it or chip around it. <laughs> that's a it would introduce stand. something, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, so looking at the leaderboard, how it finished didn't feel like how it was, I mean, the entire day to me. So we had Victor Hovind go birdie, birdie on 14-15, got himself to 8-under. Abe Answer went birdie, 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 15-16-17, got himself to 9-under. Did you... I mean, Abe Answer was kind of a late addition to the broadcast a little bit. Did you guys think that was in play? Well, I didn't think it was in play until he birdied 16, 17. And then yeah. it was very, I thought if he birdied 18, 10 seemed to be pretty good at that point. Like, I, I think for sure that was before Rory got it to 11. Um, even though you knew Rory had a couple scoring holes, he still had to get through 16, 17, 18. Like, yes. 10 looked pretty good. Um, and answer gave it a run there on 18 too. Hey, that was like, yeah, it was good. Putt. Really, it, good it felt a little bit when they first started showing answer, you know, 14, 15, he made the birdie. 
Um, it felt a little bit like they're trying to, you know, manufacture a contender here. And then, and then he, you know, and then it was birdie and then it was birdie and then you know, almost, <laughs> and it was like, oh man, he, yeah, he's, he's going to give it a run here. Um, but man, great, great tournament from, from Abe Anser. Uh, you know, a guy who hasn't won yet. I, I'm a, I'm a big answer fan. Um, yeah. I, I can't, you know, I, I, I'd love to see Rory come back and get his win here, but uh, it definitely would not have been super disappointing if Answer could have, could have gotten his first PGA Tour win. Yeah, you, you got to think it's only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Adam. What was it, that? Yeah, it's it, it's if not when with answer. I think I think mm-hmm. we can all agree with that. No, yeah. I, I was going to say a playoff playoff would have been. Sorry, interesting. it's when not if. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It's getting it's getting late on it's Sunday. Going, it's going to happen. We just don't know. <laughs> I, I've done more things today than I usually have. I don't know. Okay, let's, let's talk about a couple other story guys. You guys ready to move on from the leaderboard? Talk a, little, a few. Well, other yeah. So so story. Victor Hovland just a, a stud. You know, great weekend. Sixty eight, sixty seven. You know, we we talked about him. He, he's a superstar in the making. If not, if not already. Okay. So one of the weirdest storylines of the week. Bryson triple bogeys like the seventh hole, his third to last hole goes to I think three over that at that point. It's what a birdie coming back and it's two over something like tied for 89th when he finished his day Friday morning. Figures there's not going to be any chance that he's going to play the weekend. Takes and off I think and at that point the cut line is even. Yeah, it's technically even, but they're thinking. But it, it was expected. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, so he jets off back to Dallas, right? Is that that's where he went yeah, to? Yeah, where he, yeah. lives? he goes back yeah. to Dallas. Um, and I think while he is in the air, someone called him or he got notified that like, hey, you're tied His for 67th yeah. right now, <laughs> by the way. Um, they didn't have enough fuel to turn around. Had to land. Couldn't get back out until I think 2.45 Saturday morning for his Saturday AMT time. Got there, got to the range a little bit, and then ultimately had a great week weekend to finish. Backdoor top nine. ten. <laughs> how absurd is the story? Like, how can you imagine leaving and not? I mean, can you imagine not logging onto Data Golf and being like, "Does plus two have a chance to be a cut line?" Well, it didn't. Well, like, it seemed like there's so many people. It turned into carnage on Friday afternoon. Really, it was what happened. But it was like, it was could, projected to. Like, this the, is the one of the things I don't understand. Like, like. Data golf is something that anyone who like bets or plays fantasy golf or anything knows about data golf. And, you know, it was, it was still, I think plus one was probably still favored at that point, but they would have been given at least 25 to, to a third, you know, 25% to a third chance that it was moving to plus two, even at that point. And so I I don't don't know what early on, like it, it started even at the start of the day, it was, Because they built, they've built in weather now. They, as they, part of their they factor in weather now. So, okay. um, so they they had factored in that was it was going to get more difficult, and it's just like I don't know how you're like you know what what does that cost them forty grand maybe however much it costs them to private jet both ways. Well, um, so he he figured he needed to play well enough to make it worth it. <laughs> yeah, worth no the kidding. trip. You need to pay off the trip. Um, I think one of the interesting things is a lot of people would have just withdrawn at that point. And so, you know, props to him for not. I, I think that he easily could have. Uh, but I think that's also one of these things where if it wasn't Bryson, like if it's someone who thinks their chances of coming back and making a $10,000 check or something, you know, they, they may be less likely to, to turn around and come yeah, like- back. He doesn't need the FedEx Cup points. He doesn't really need that single tournament check. Like, let's be perfectly honest. He's one. He has more sponsors than the hundred FedEx ranked to one hundred fifty <laughs> combined. Um, but yeah, then, I mean, props him. He woke up in the middle of the night to come back and played outstanding. And I would think, in large part, I would think in large part because the perception that if he didn't, he probably would have got ragged on pretty good. That yeah. probably has a little bit of a factor. Yeah, I mean, the just, fact that everything yeah, Bryson I mean. does is under a microscope. And so if he, you know, if he just took off and had made the cut and didn't come back, then then he definitely would have not, it would not have gone over well with the media. Well, let's, let's also talk about the elephant in the room here too, that he was Adam's one and done pick. And I was looking at my looking at the leaderboard there on Friday, thinking, "Ooh, that one's gonna hurt." You know, both Craig, me and Kevin had Max Homa Max well Homa. outside the cut I, line. I was just going to set the stage with you guys had Max Homa who ejected very early, so After all you could do was hope holes, that that was over. Yeah. So, 
let's be perfectly honest. Losing Max Homa stings a lot less than if Bryson missed the cut. Like that oh, would be sure. It, it, yeah, the the you know as a as a Homa fan, it was it was less than ideal. But to know you're trading Homa for Bryson, <laughs> exactly. You know, with the one and done, I would have probably been happy to take that. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. I think know, the other if, worst thing about it is both Kevin and I after we make our picks on Wednesday message that like man i really had a hard time not picking rory this week like it just felt like it was a good rory week and then lo and behold yeah and it's just bring... all all you want you just wanted to see some flash from rory before yeah, you any, know? Like, any if, signs if of just, life like, you would have before <laughs> yeah. like or like a good three holes and like some you know a good Anything, stretch yeah, yeah. Okay, so speaking of guys who missed the cut, there is a lot of notables who seem to not fare well at Quill Hollow Thursday, Friday. Patrick Cantley, Tony Finau, Will Zalatoris, John Rahm. Craig, you're going to have to address this DFS elephant in the room at some point. Yeah, we'll, we'll jump into it. that in the good bets, bad bets. Okay, and Sung J.M., Max Homa, uh, on and on and on. So uh, of those kind of like stars, let's say top 30-ish players in the world, are, who are you most worried about from that kind of group? Well, I think I'll probably end up walking all over Kevin's stock down here. Um, yeah, but you maybe want you could take it away there, Kev, if you want. Yeah, I mean, I'll just my stock down this week is Patrick Cantley. Like he, I am worried about Patrick Cantley. He's missed. He's missed his last three cuts. He's missed four of the last five. Um, he in the he's so his last six tournaments he's made two cuts top 20 in both those tournaments so when he makes the cut he seems to be playing okay and like prior to this recent struggle he was playing phenomenal like he was he was a killer out there so um he's he was a guy who you felt like could win any tournament but now all of a sudden he is ice cold and it's not like there's not really any known oh i haven't heard of any reason for it and um it doesn't really he he is putting very poorly he's changed his putter a few times um, yeah, he's, he's, he's I'm worried about him. In the bag he, every week. Like, like I said, only and it's only it goes back to the you know we've had these discussions about Cantlay many times since we've been doing this podcast, but it's just because I the expectation for him is that he could win any week and like yeah. he, to miss three cuts in a row when you expect a guy might be winning is like kind of jarring. So and, and the the other thing you know the, some of the top players are more streaky where you'll see them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like maybe maybe a Patrick Reed where, you know, yeah. he, he might not play the best, but then he'll come out and win a tournament. Um, but Cantley, you, you don't really think of him that way. You think of him more as someone who week in, week out, uh, he's going to be top 30 to, you know, contending. And so it, I have heard rumors there's a swing change happening. I don't know if that is in reaction to uh, poor play or if that is something that he has been undertaking. But uh, that is just, I, I think... A, a, rumor i stumbled across on twitter so we yeah can, that, we can. that's troubling though i i don't think we're going to talk about this person later on but i want to bring up tony fee now so yeah. at the start of 2021 he went four second 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 his last few have been so going back to the players miscut t28 at the match play so not getting out uh miscut of valero texas a top a t10 and masters and a miscut here that's that's three miscuts in his last four stroke play events uh, that, Don't forget, he he flashed a little at the Zurich, though. It's not on there, but, you know, Zurich, he played mm-hmm. decent. Yeah, But yeah, sure. I, I yeah, do have yeah. concerns about Tony. Like, it's, it's, one of the things about him is he's just been, again, a very consistent, you know, top 20, top 10 guy. So he's, after that run of seconds, yeah, he kind of, he's been dipping, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm less worried. I'm way more worried about Patrick Cantley, but I think Finau is just kind of in a little. He he does seem a little bit more streaky than I think. As Craig was mentioning, Cantley's just like steady, steady, steady pop, steady, steady, steady. Finau's yeah. a little bit more up and down. I think. Well, I think if Finau is a really consistent guy, to be honest, and but I think maybe he's just in a bit of a rut. Um, I hope so. He, he's so, got so uh, much game. You know, I'll, I'm going to get into to Willie Z and my stock down, but Rom to me, I'm not worried about it. Uh, like no. essentially, no, you know, I'll, I'll get into my exposure to him this week. But uh, you know, he he came out and he had a really bad, he had a really bad Thursday, and 
Almost battled back to make the cut. Almost battled back to make the cut. And he could have done exactly what Bryson could have done. He or, could have easily had a back to right. top 10. Uh, we're talking about a guy who, you know, in retrospect, uh, putting a heavy, heavy exposure on him. We're talking about a guy that's in the first weeks of being a father, um, having a, you know, stumbling out of the gates on a Thursday in the first tournament he's really played. You know, the Masters happened right after they had the right. kid. Sure. Uh, you know, a little baby Keppa. Um, so it, I, I think it's one of those things that's completely excusable. I think I, I think Rom's playing next week. Um, I, I am in no way uh, moving any stock down on him because I think if anything, he's just. I think he's more dangerous this week than than I felt uh, coming into the the Quail Hollow. Craig's doubling down. I'm I going like even heavier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so another guy we need to talk about. Phil Mickelson goes out, shoots 64, he's 7 under, follows that up with a 75, a 76, a 76, and moves all the way back to 7 over, finishes a solo 69th in the tournament. What's going on with Phil? Who wants, who wants to jump into this I mean, discussion? I think that we need to channel our, our inner Denny Greens here. He is who we thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> we, let like, <laughs> we let him off the hook. He let him off the hook. Yeah, I mean... It was awesome to to daydream for a little bit when he jumped out there and was was birdieing. What was he like five under after eight or something like that yeah. on Thursday? Um, it was fun to think that maybe he would be contending in this tournament, but you know he had to at least get through Friday before, and he <laughs> didn't really. Um, and then it just went from bad to worse kind of after that, but. I mean, I would love to see it. I would have loved to see him win and qualify for the U.S. Open and, you know, kind of get himself back into relevance. But unfortunately, the trend has been the other way. And I I don't really see that changing. Yeah. I mean, I I think the thing is, I think Phil has enough game still that there could, you you know, if everything clicks, I think he could win a, a tournament in his 50s. But the only I, problem is seventy two holes. Well, that's the, and that's what I was going to say. And I, you know, I said it to Adam on our Wednesday show. He was talking about a, a Phil as a play, and I was like, honestly, like the biggest worry I have about Phil, and he, you know, he comes on, he he speaks openly about that. It, it, this is that he just loses interest and he loses focus, and like it's just it's you know it's a grind, uh, and uh, we need to get like I don't know like. Damon or Max Homa like kind of edge him on on th- Tuesday Wednesday yeah, get him fired up awesome yeah. or, and, and then get like Colt Nose like following him like bet you can't hit that one Phil and he's like oh yeah <laughs> like, now I do think I do think potentially uh, the more crowds we get the better like I think that is one of those things that can potentially boo a boy uh, Phil through a week if he does get into contention and you know plays a little bit better to stay in I, I think you know if he is con- in contention come Sunday I think it's fine it's it's more can he you know kind of take what happened in that first round and and balance it you know let it coast through till sunday that middle 36 (laughs) i I really have like no doubt that that little twitter exchange and trash talking that he was doing with joel damon like had a had an impact on the way he played on thursday you know like those guys both went out and played awesome (laughs) (laughs) now let's see here i think uh i think damon got him by where did Damon end up? Who was in that group? Was it Taylor Gooch? 20s, I think. Oh, yeah, Todd, tied for 18th. Yeah. Uh, Griffin, Lanto Griffin. Lanto Griffin. Yeah. He tweeted out that picture of Will Smith at the end of Fresh Prince with just like an empty living room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay, uh, should we jump into three stars here, guys? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so three stars. I got a little bit of an asterisk. I, I call it an am- amateur asterisk or whatever, but I, I'm going to give a, a quick fourth star to the story i heard uh i think friday or saturday it's lev grinberg he's 13 years old and he made it through the sectional qualifying for the u.s open he shot a 70 and advanced to the final stage of the u.s open qualifying apparently he's just like an absolute golf phenom at 13 years old uh, if he does qualify, he would be the youngest male ever to play in a major championship. So that's just something to maybe look out for. I don't know exactly when the final uh, stage of the U.S. Open qualifying is, but uh, this 13-year-old Lev Green- Grinberg is making a making a run at it. Way to go, so He's my four-star. Yeah. Be awesome. It'd be a great story. I mean, Third star. Uh, I, uh, oh. The thing that surprises me about that is is also a little bit that... Um, 
that like back in the day on you know when the open championship was in its infancy that like young, it, tom? It, young tom well, young tom well i'm trying to think so there was a year and and i I'll, I'll try to be quick in this tangent but there was a year where they wouldn't let young tom play um and so they made this like separate uh caddies boys event and he ended up posting a score that would have won the open championship <laughs> um but this is this is before he went on to win i think however many straight um Three but, yeah. row, I, I, I just would have thought in those early in those early years that there just would have been one random year where some super young like the same thing with old tom morris playing in it when he was 70 plus you know um, or like who was a tie tyrone or Who's like in the early Ty 2000s? Trion? Yeah, Ty Trion. He was in the Tiger Woods game. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, third star, Alex Jaka. Uh, he won the Champion Tour Regions Tradition, uh, a major on the cha- a major on the Champions Tour. It was only he's he he's just fifty years old. It's his third star on the Champions Tour. He got in as an alternate when Bill Hawes withdrew. His other two Champion Tour starts came as a Monday qualifier. Uh, he won in a playoff over Steve Stricker. Steve Stricker, probably one of the favorites with Longer and whoever else coming in. I think Steve uh, Stricker won the event in 2019, the last time it was played. Right. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, Jekka, I mean, 50 years old now. He's won on five tours. The PGA Tour, the European Tour, the Web.com Tour, the Outlaw Tour, the kind of pop-up during the pandemic, <laughs> won a couple times there, and now the Champions Tour. Uh, just kind of a, I don't know, one of those storybook ones where it's just, it's just cool to see that guy come from a, an alternate and win the major. Yeah. What, a competitor much, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever just a game you can get. Yeah. <laughs> just a gamer. And now he's got, he's got like, like full status or like full exemption <laughs> or whatever on, on the champions tour, doesn't he? It's a pretty boss way to get full status. Just come yeah, into your is. first major and win it as an alternate. <laughs> Okay, second star over on the European Tour, Canary Islands again. Garrick Higo is dominating. Craig's pick this week. I mean, I'll give Craig a little bit of props. He's also but he the was... top. I think he's the favorite going. <laughs> yeah, in. Uh, it's his second win in three events. Uh, he won by six strokes. He is now up to fifty-first in the world. Um, and he, ha- I mean, this guy, he's so good. I mean, whatever tour he's on, he's won twice in each of the past three seasons, obviously has a ton more time left in 2021, but he has kind of won himself into a whole different kind of tournament schedule from here on out with WGCs and majors and all that. Uh, well, he's, Higo, in, he's into the PGA. Um, oh, without a doubt. Yep. Yeah. He's 51 now in the world. Yeah, so I I also think so you know really interesting game. So you know this is a guy that Adam sort of got me onto. Um, but twenty one years old, he's just a, a prodigy in the short game. Uh, like his scoring game is awesome. So uh, I think that once we see more and more of him, he he is the type of player who is going to win. Like you know those those players. Um, it's almost sort of like a, a Christian Bizaden out. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's tough because we haven't seen enough of him against uh, the highest levels of competition to know how he can measure up on the most difficult courses and all this kind of stuff. But man, if if you if you have a player like that on on some of these shorter courses on the PGA Tour, uh, you know, he's he's one of these people that can go low in those situations. So it'll be interesting to see if he can, uh, uh, you know, at Kiowa, uh, very tough, long course, whether yeah. that suits him at all. I, I don't think so, but but we'll see. We'll see what kind of chops he has. I think that when he won a couple of weeks ago, I put a little warning up to Kevin and his boy, Bobby Mack, as the top lefty in the world. He's sitting there at 45, and Herrick is, or Higo is now definitely just clipping at his heels as the top lefty in the world. Yeah. Um, so, Bobby Mack, another um, one to watch out for at the PGA. So, they, there was the, the top, I guess, top 12, but. Other than Higo, the top 11 guys were kind of bunched within three shots, and then Higo's six clear of them. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was, it was like, it wasn't just a win, it was like a, a demonstration, you know? Like, yeah. it was. 
And I yeah. mean, it's not it's not a Rolex Series event or the toughest I mean event the European Tour will have, but it, winning by six strokes on any tour at any event is, against professional golfers yeah, against professional golfers is huge. Like you're yeah. playing on a different level, a completely different level. Here, I just I got a quote here that I want to read. So. Um, it's unreal. I played so well today. I hit the ball very nicely, so it was a lot less stressful than last time because I was hitting it a lot better. I can't believe it happened so quickly again, but my game has been so good. <laughs> or, sorry, but my game has been good, so I can believe it as well. <laughs> I like it. It's a little confidence there. I'm so good. I just, uh, yeah, I guess I can believe I, I, it. That no, I, I can playing. believe it. I'm, I'm playing really good golf right now. I was actually just brushing up on Higo there before... Like before we got going tonight, and yep. he's a, he's definitely a guy I could find myself cheering for. Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty one's Bobby Mack. I want to say, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Okay, first start. Uh, I gotta give it to Rory, guys. Give it to Roars. Uh, first win in five hundred and fifty three days. Uh, first one as a dad. One on Mother's Day. First Mother's Day for Erica's wife. Got a little choked up there. Got a little bit choked up. Uh, obviously fans back helped Rory. We talked about Phil, but it definitely helps Rory. I mean, just on Twitter this, this weekend, like golf is much better when Rory is playing his best golf. It just makes everything about the tournament. I don't know. I, I've got a smirk on my face. eh? (laughs) Craig's a resident. I mean, Rory Homer, but it just, it just made the weekend so much better. I feel like when he is playing well and in contention. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. I think one of the like huge flexes is, um, you know, as there there's like a little bit of confusion with the camera on 18 there when you know they they were kind of showing the creek and they didn't know if that was his ball or whatever, mm-hmm. and then the you know the camera gets a, a close up shot of it and it's just like roars right on the yeah. side and it's like oh yeah yeah that's definitely his like yeah, when, when you get him from the factory with your nickname on it then it, it makes it a little easier to identify. Yeah, exactly. Hey, that's our three stars. Let's move on to our DFS pick segment for the week. This is our uh, pick sheet that we send out every Wednesday on Twitter. And guys, it's a little bit of a bloodbath out here today. Um, I'll just go into your winners. You both had John Rahm, missed cut. I had Bryson DeChambeau, who made the cut on the number, but squeaked into a top 10 for me. Uh, Sleeper, also kind of messy. So let's go with the worst first. Uh, Craig got Cameron Tringali, missed cut. Kevin had Carlos Ortiz. I had him in a bunch of DFS lineups, and he faded well back to T65. Looking like a great call early on. Looking like, yeah, I agree. I completely agree. And then your boy, your sleeper. My boy, so I went went Phil Mickelson 175 to 1. I was like, does this actually have a chance? I think I put an each way on it. So I'm like, hey, Phil, you just need to get into a top five here, buddy. Let's hold on to this for a couple days. Yeah. By Friday, that was kind of toast. Saturday, I was like, okay, there's no chance this is coming back. Uh, so he finished 69th. Fade. Got some pretty good fades here. Good fades, yeah. Will Zalatoris is my fade. He missed the cut. Craig went with Patrick Cantley. Low-hanging fruit. Kind of a low blow, but he did miss the cut as well. <laughs> a good fade. Good fade. Uh, Kevin went with Patrick Reed. T6. What were you thinking there, Kev? Um, just not really afraid <laughs> to throw him under the bus. <laughs> Whenever I'm having a hard time coming up with a fade... You know, hey, Patrick, Patrick Reed's in this tournament. <laughs> Who's a guy? Uh, no, but he has been struggling with his ball striking. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't mean great. Yeah, yeah. He, he's also always within the top ten of the the odds that week. So, yeah, which is what we're looking for with our fades. Yeah, yeah. Top Canadian. We all went with Corey Connors. He was t forty three. Got that hole in one and kind of fell apart after that on Sunday. Nick was, Taylor. Nick, Nick Taylor's. Taylor, yeah. yeah, he took it. Was the number one Canadian, T26. He had a nice day today with a 69. And then our one and dones. Uh, you guys, I don't know if there's some collusion on Tuesday or Wednesday, but you both went with Max Homa, defending champion, playing well. Ended up with zero, zero dollars in your yeah. pocket, zero points on the board. I went with Bryson. I just felt it was a tough test. It's a long course. Okay, now's my time to pull out the Bryson. Uh, you know, got T9, got me a couple hundred thousand dollars. What do you think? Is that a, is that, are you happy? Are you satisfied with that? You know, it's right in that middling ground where I don't know how to feel. I'm not unhappy with it, but knowing how. Given everything this week. Given everything this week and how that happened. Like if he was first and then fell off, I'd probably be more choked. But after Friday, any amount of points would have been good for me. So yes, I'm, I'm happy with it. I, uh, I'm so far 
I'm so like wrapped up in my own head with this one and done right now. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get out of it. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, it covers. It's it's at this awkward point for me where like I've got a handful of studs left, and then I've like picked clean kind of that next level, and so like I know I want to save some of these studs for for big tournaments that are coming up, but like, oh man, like <laughs> what what am I going with then? You know. <laughs> It's something we talk about on the podcast every week. I, I might post again who we've played, you know, our whole history. We went back to the start of the PGA Tour season with the Safeway. So we're well into, I mean, what, like 30-some events now? Uh, so we use so. up quite a bit of guys. Uh, so I'll post that either on Twitter or on our website so everyone can kind of see where we've gone right and where we've gone wrong. But the totals right now are Craig at 5.4 million. I'm at 4.8 million. And Kevin is four point four million, still just a winner's away shot from getting to first place. Well, that's yeah, the we're, thing. I we're 32, 32 weeks in now, so okay. You, you guys have both hit a winner. I haven't hit one yet, so I'm I'm really, you know, I'm riding on the back of a couple good USO, a couple good major finishes there with Dustin and Rom. So yeah, yeah. Kevin had to five win. top tens in his first six. I don't know if he's had five since. No, I haven't. <laughs> for sure, I haven't. <laughs> I've got into this. I've got into this like thing where I like I want to pick a guy, but I'm like, no, I think this is the smart pick. You know what the? You know what I found? Defending champions are not good picks. (laughs) They're not good picks. No. Um, I also think like you just gotta go with your gut. Like that's what Adams demonstrated. His freaking Siwoo Kim pick. I still think is the pick of the year. What about his Carlos Ortiz pick? He didn't do that in one and done, but that's oh, true. That's I've already moved pick. on from that. I've already moved on. That's such a, oh, that one stings. That I've, I've been chasing that ever since. I picked Carlos Ortiz as my sleep like three times. <laughs> <laughs> Try to catch some of that magic. Yeah, that's a hard one. Our European tour race to the Dubai Fantasy League is still going. Malcolm Young had Higo as the captain. He took home the weekly win. Colm Brown is still in the top spot. Craig is clipping at his heels. Didn't I have sec- Higo as my captain? Well, you didn't have enough. I mean, you have to, oh. I mean, a lot of people at Higgles captains. You okay, have to yeah. round out the roster a little bit. Um, yeah, Cole Brown in first. Craig is in second. Uh, a close second, I believe. And on Mother's Day, I saw that uh, Mom, I believe her name is Grandstand Grandma, is in the top 10 in our league. So watch out for her. Watch out for her. She always has a way of just yeah. like working her way up those leaderboards. Sneaking her way up. Okay, guys, good bets, bad bets, red bets, green bets. I'm going to throw it right to Craig first because <laughs> there's going to be a lot of DFS listeners that are asking, Craig, do you have a curse now? Why did you go with ROM 80% of your DFS lineups? So, I mean, there's a, there's a few reasons, and I think they're good reasons. Uh, so, essentially, we had ROM coming in this week. He had made 22 straight cuts. Uh, we had, I would say, question marks up. Well, yeah, okay, so I'd say definitely question marks with JT. Maybe a little bit less so with Bryson. But so DraftKings, we had Rom as the third-priced guy. I felt like he should have been the first. You know, it's a course that favors distance. It's a course that favors power players. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I hammered it. I went 80, 80% exposure. Um, I felt that not only did he have a great... You know, he was coming off however many, uh, eight of the top, last 10, he was he was uh, top 10s. I yeah, felt, top 10s or top, top, top 10s? 10s? Not top 10s. Um, yeah, okay. But uh, I felt like it was a very, very safe cut, very safe top 20, uh, you know, relatively safe top 10 and a decent chance <laughs> to win. So I was like, man, of all the players up top, I like his floor, I like his ceiling, I like everything about it. So I just hammered it. I, I felt like it was a, you know, you got to take your stands. And the thing that like frustrates me a bit is that i have taken so many stands with rory as his price has fallen further and further down and then like to see him this past week and to see him i forget what he, if he was at ten thousand or if he fell into even 9800 i forget what it was at the start of the week i know you know um anyways so i hammered rom it obviously didn't work out i i did you know i did a decent job at the back end of my lineups too which saved you know i got decent uh squeaking mm-hmm. out some some return it was still obviously a down week tournament long uh but the i would say that's that's definitely the bad bet but uh my good bets schwartzel schwartzel was a great one he you know yep. he he was tied for 14th in the tournament i had decent exposure to him tournament long but i also uh you know i played him throughout the week in showdowns um and then from after my my serious fomo after uh after the first day 
I hammered Rory 100% in showdowns every day afterwards. <laughs> so I, I did uh, I did not kind of get a big win, but I, I had positive ROI the rest of the week on my showdown. So, so that, that felt good oh. at least. I, I felt like... I just felt like an idiot because I'm so high on Rory all the time. And then for his price to get as low as it did at a course where he's... The thing that... It's just tough because <laughs> you start to second guess and play the game theory too much knowing that his ownership is is going to creep up because he has a winning history here. Um, but right. yeah. Anyways, it, it was a fun week. I, I, I like to take stands. It didn't work out, but... Uh, yeah, so I got a couple follow-up things. One is giving you props because you won 80% in 20 lineups with Rom. But and the six of six percentage for the week was five percent. Somehow you managed to get a six of six tournament long DFS lineup, which is almost absurd to do when eighty percent of your lineups. Well, and and so the reason is because the four. So essentially, I did twenty lineups, and so I had four that weren't wrong. But I did all of those as the the PM AM stack, which yeah, yeah, right. there was what was it ended up being two strokes two-stroke yep. swing two so they were swing. all you know chances are you're throwing all your darts at that side of the dartboard uh but the thing is as i was making those lineups and, and i was making all the ones with rom who was on the wrong side of this and when we started to talk about how much there could be a, a wave favorite uh, a favored wave in this week i was like man should i just instead hammer this wave heavy and i didn't but uh you know, that, that that definitely was the angle to go this week, I think. So I did the same thing. I, I mean, I made, I think, four of my lineups were PMAM stacks uh, looking at that weather. And that's how I came up with my best lineup because I, I write notes for kind of, okay, why did I come up with this lineup? And that was, you know, Rory, Woodland, Schwartzel was a really good one. So yeah, definitely some viability to that. The, my other question, and we'll we'll leave it at this. What do you feel like? I guess it's a two-parter. Will you go up to 80% in the near future or ever again? And what do you feel like to get this kind of cloud lifted? I mean, not just pick a winner. I feel like that's a, kind of an outrageous kind of thing to do. But so how do you follow this up? So how do I follow this up? <laughs> uh, by just, you know, I, I don't know that one. But so essentially, I think to me, really you need to try to get in these gpps you need to take stands somewhere because you need to try to get up to the very top of them so um if if i'm putting in 20 lineups and i'm not going to i forget what i ended up having but somewhere in the 25 to maybe 28 something like that i had more players in my pool than i would like like i i I think ideally you want to get less than that so um if i'm not going to cut down and i'm going to have like a lot of you know, little exposure to a lot of these longer shots, then I feel like I need to take a stand somewhere and have a a heavy play somewhere. And so uh, I think in the future, I'm going to try to be more brutal and cut my whole player pool smaller. Um, Yep. But I, if I, I don't have a problem taking that kind of stand. If I was playing 150 lineups, then I would not do that. Like, I think then you can get more combinations in. So I wouldn't go above. I definitely wouldn't go above 50 probably. Yeah. I I think one of the key things to remember is the, the result might not be positive, but that doesn't mean that the theory is wrong. Trust the Um, process. And 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 that's, that's what we try to do here is we explain through our entire process here um, rather than just being like, or if it is a gut feeling, Hey, I have a gut feeling about this one, but Mm -hmm. I, you know, when you were asking that question to Craig, Adam, when you asked him if he would do 80% exposure again, I just was hoping he would say, yes, absolutely, <laughs> yes. I trust the process. And it's this, this person at this course. It's Rory at the PGA Championship in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Kevin, how did your, uh, any bets? Oh, it was week? terrible. I, <laughs> I don't know if I should participate in this section because I only have uh, one of the, th- well, I guess two, bad bets and red bets. <laughs> um yeah it was, was a, it? it was a miserable week i was quite high on max homa going in ah, yeah. um i also was high on rom and uh yeah threw a dart at a board with carlos ortiz there so um none of those paid off i my week is very middling it looked it looked good on saturday i had uh woodland uh rory reed schwartzel and mickelson someone else in a lineup all stacked and it was kind of in this twenty thousand person gbp i cracked the top 10 at one point in the tournament it was an incredible return kept kind of working its way back when keith mitchell kind of i didn't have keith mitchell which you gotta get everything perfect to kind of take down these mm-hmm. gbps so uh, ultimately turned out okay 
My my bad one was uh, I tried to get a couple flyers going into Sunday with my showdowns. I went uh, Connors and Brendan Steele, and Connors <laughs> got that ace, which is good, but collapsed after. And Brendan Steele, I think, had at least three water balls through his round. So uh, if anyone was watching for the first time uh, for our Sunday show, I apologize, but I think Craig had a couple good ones with. I had some decent. Yeah, a little JT and- ended up falling off. He he had a good start to his day and ended up falling off, but yeah. Okay, guys. Sorry, Knock one up. other thing real quick on okay. that, uh, you know, tiny little positive cash for me, but Euro, um, you know, the Higo pick was oh. picking a favorite, but friggin' Adam pulls out, what's his name, Maverick Ma- Antcliffe. Maverick Antcliffe, my new favorite Australian, move out Cameron Davis, Maverick Antcliffe, you're off. <laughs> Friends off Cam Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've just been kind of. I I love the European tour because I feel like it's more research, it's more digging. You're going into the China tour to find this guy's results, and it, it's that research that I kind of like. I it's really really fun for me. Um, so so I, sorry. Lay lay the groundwork though. He was a mid seven hundred or mid seven thousands play. Ended he's up. He's seventy five hundred. I think he came out with seventy on on Thursday. Not a great start, but then uh, was ripping off sixty two, sixty three. He finished first second, solo second, solo, solo second. second. Um. Yeah, Maverick Ancliffe. He had a bunch of wins on the China Tour. Uh, I think two years ago. Um. He, he was like something crazy, like 18th in strokes in tee to green on the European Tour in 2020. So obviously a really good ball striker. I just figured one of these guys I can win because I can go low and. Yeah, Harry well, and I, I, I had four of six get through the cut, and I still managed to cash. So, uh, in in large part <laughs> due to to Maverick Ancliffe. So that was a good one. There we go. Okay, stock up, stock down. Craig, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I got pretty uh, pretty straightforward ones here. Um, stock up for me for sure, Gary Gary Woodland. Uh, you know, he was someone you brought up on the Wednesday show. I still was hesitant because of you know the injuries, the hip. He has not put together a great record of recent. Uh, we have seen flashes over the you know the early part of the year, but uh, what did he end up there? Fifth solo, fifth. Uh, he clearly when he is able, I don't know when he's able to go out there and, and I think I don't know if it's health or or just it has been health for a lot of the year so. yeah but like I don't know I if it's he's... sort of sometimes you know when health is an issue they can't practice like they want to and like all yeah. it kind of backs up so I don't know if it's actually health the week of or if it, he's been able to yeah. practice more but uh, essentially he's one of these guys that when he shows up and he has it he he still has it that, that's yeah. the takeaway for yeah. me I, I get the feeling that he's like he was dealing with that hip for so long that he's he's kind of started to get back and from what I understand being able to play pain free. I think now he's just in that process of kind of getting his confidence back, knowing what he can do, getting the the reps in, and I expect him to be you know back up on flashing yeah. on leaderboards consistently here. Yeah, he's got game. If he can stay healthy, I sure hope he can. Anyways, yeah, he's, it's, he's it's definitely so one of my. Near and dear to my heart. Guys, it's always that, those soft tissues are always, you, you, you know, you're always worried that it's going to creep up again. Yeah. The, this is a whole other discussion. I'll say for another show, but the injuries in golf are hard for DFS betting community. Webson's dropped out. That was, that was bad for a lot of people, but I have no idea how Gary Woodland is feeling. Like, and you don't even know the reports that they're giving to in their interviews are like, it's are like they they're just all Belichick players. Well, did you hear, <laughs> did you hear about uh, Rory? How he he almost up. withdrew. He almost withdrew because he he threw out his neck on Wednesday afternoon. What were him and, and what a- were him and Webb doing on Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> I went my hair back around. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, he had a late tea time on Thursday, and he yeah, that's crazy. Um, so stock down for me. Uh, you know, it's it's not a big stock down, but just sort of need to need to note it will zalatoris miscut uh, you know especially since the masters everyone has been riding high on the will zalatoris bandwagon and i definitely still am but uh, it's just a pump the brakes remember that uh, you know while he may be working his way up to the top of the golf world or you know top 20 30 in the world maybe um he uh you know, he's a guy that uh, is just graduated from the Corn Ferry Tour. He's going to miss cuts along the way. It's it's the reality of it. Yeah. He's he's not he's not John Romney. Oh no, wait, uh, he's not uh, he's not Tiger Woods yet. I guess <laughs> that's the one we'll go with. But well, uh, and there's a lot of other good players out there. Yeah, you know, like yeah. yeah, he's a great player, but there's a lot of them. And golf is hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. pump the brakes. Still a great player. Yeah. Okay, Kevin, you're up. Who's up? Um, who's down? So moving up for me is Abraham Answer. Um, 
he's just been so consistent lately. He's two two straight top fives now. He's fifth last week at the Valspar. This week he's solo second. Um, eight straight top twenty six finishes now. So not only is he like making cuts, he's making the top half of the you know of the guys that made the cut after he does. Um, and most of those are like you know right around. He has quite a few around twentieth. He was only in. 26 and one and a lot of them are kind of more like top 20s so um he's playing very very consistent golf um somebody that you just you want to see get the win you worry a little bit about him is he got a guy that can't can't necessarily compete at every course and i I actually wouldn't have thought this was a great fit for him i know that's the thing that's why it's it's a question mark because it's not it's not like he doesn't play well at courses you wouldn't expect suit him. You know, he can still step up there and mm-hmm. eke every single ounce out of, you know, the yardage he can play and, and compete mm-hmm. with these guys. So um, he's shown he can do it. You expect that he's going to be able to win at, at you know, uh, more of a, a course that demands accuracy and ball striking. But right. who knows? I, I just hope he can get it done. But at this point, with the consistency he's showing, he's somebody I I would be, you know, happy to to keep my eye on and bet, you know, even yeah. top tens, top twenties, you know, DFS lineups, whatever. He's looking good. Yeah, he yeah. was he was he first really tee to green this week, first on approach, eighth off the tee. So you know, yeah. it, it, the ball striking is so good for him right now. Yeah. So then moving down, we already talked about him, but Patrick Cantlay. Um, you know, hopefully it's not a, an injury thing. Um, you know, with his back history, but uh, yeah, he's he's just not playing well right now. So it it'd be nice to see him turn it around. I, I'm certainly at this point not going to be having any exposure to him going into the PGA Championship. So um, yeah, 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 that's a tough one. Hopefully, he finds it soon. Quick turnaround, guy. I uh, think we're all fans of. So yeah, okay. I got a little bit. I'm going a little bit different here. My moving up. I'm going. Dean Burmeister, and there's a very uh, there's a very obvious reason why. So he won. You're like, why? Last week he won. Why are yeah, you talking like, about him this whoa, week? Welcome to last week. Yeah, he won last <laughs> week. Why are you talking about him now this week? You're just catching up on the news. No, here's why. So he he needed to move into the top hundred to get that um, PGA Championship invite or supposed invite. I think the top hundred after this week will get it. Uh, so he was, I think, 107th in the world. Uh, coming into this week at the Canary Islands. He's over on the European Tour. He followed up his win, which moved him into 107th, with a T4 this week. And that T4 result moved him into 93rd in the world and bought him an invite to the PGA Championship. So huge week. I mean, moving up, his win set this up, but he needed to follow that up with a very, very high finish uh, to earn that invite. And that's I think that's just a clutch performance. That's like Chris Kirk earning his card. Uh, yeah. as these performances that kind of get lost uh, as the years go on, but these these big ones that kind of can shape and can change players' yeah. trajectory, kind of. Like uh, moving moving down, I'm going Francesco Molinari. So kind of same with why I went Gary Woodland and why I went Shane Lowry this week. I kind of thought these kind of guys that, you know, have been around for a while, play major courses, major championships well. Uh, you know, they could avoid big numbers. They could get around Quail Hollow. They could they could do well, and they're kind of being slept on. But I just don't know what to do with Molinari right now. He, he's kind of a guy that confuses me. Uh, he, he seems to have a very limited schedule, which is fine if you have exemptions and you're playing well and you're making cuts. But he, he's missing a lot of cuts, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Uh, he missed a cut this week by two strokes. He's missed three of his last four cuts. Um, I don't really know what's going on with Molinari, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I think to me, Molinari, like, it's it's tough. I, I, I'm a big Molinari fan, so it's hard to yeah. kind of, I feel like, have an unbiased take on him. But he's one of these people that it, it seems like when it doesn't go right, it just goes very bad. Like, it, it doesn't kind of just, uh, it's not quite there. It's like, it, it just is not even close um and so you know i i just i hope he can get back the form that took him into the you know top 10 contending winning majors and and being a Ryder cup stud and all these things uh but he 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 seems a long way from there right now well he's fallen to 133rd in the world now yeah and and i I think you just need to play like play some more events i I don't know what like 
there's family things. He was moving this past year. The pandemic was hard. Um, so I, I, that's what I don't really and know. Then, and then he, but he did flash and have a couple top tens there. And then it, he but it's just been, yeah. you know, then he's cold top in it. Then he's, it's just, <laughs> it's just been, it's and kind of been then, a roller coaster. And, and when it's not good, it, it's just not even close. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that puts a bow on this week, guys. We have the AT&T Byron Nelson this week at a brand new uh, course, or not a brand new course, a new course of the PGA Tour, the TBC Craig Ranch. Uh, Colt Nose was subtweeting us that it's going to be a low-scoring birdie fest. Look out for those kind of guys. Our preview is out on YouTube. Uh, so go check out our preview, and we'll be releasing DFS shows later in the week. Anything else to add here, guys, before we wrap this up? Uh, let's give a quick shout-out to... Um, to uh, Area Jeshanagarn. Oh, I butchered that. <laughs> when, when you just don't know and you just start to trail off. This is a one-take show, Kevin. <laughs> I've practiced this so many times, too. Jetanagarn. There you go. Area Jetanagarn. She uh, came out with a 63 on Sunday uh, to win the um, Honda LPGA Thailand. She's, she's Thai. She's Thai, so, yeah. So yep. um, kind of chased down... Patty Tavitanikit, nice. the one I've been practicing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah un- a little bit unfortunate for Patty because she had been leading uh, first three rounds, um, but she fired a seventy to close it out today, uh, lose by two shots to uh, Jatanagarn. So awesome sixty three today. Like her, they you know she needed she needed to post to score obviously because she was well out out well before the leaders. Um, so the par five eighteenth, she needed a good shot in there and just like hit one of her fairway woods to about twelve feet, missed right. the eagle putt, but tapped in for bird, and it was a she posted high enough to to get her done. So you know, good for her. Um, there's, I think there's three Thai women. Yeah, I was, was going to say we had the 10, top. So no, um, we had three was, the top three. Like there was there's. Um, you know, a, three in the top a three, four, yeah. four, four way tie for wow. third, but the solo first and second were both tie. And then there's one of the ones who was tied for third was, was Patty Tavitanikit. And so, uh, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. It's a pretty good cool. at home. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I wanted to give her a shout out and, uh, I believe it was like her, her 11th win or something like that on, on the LPGA. So, um, yeah, good for her. Nice. Yeah. We haven't done this in a while. Let's go around. Craig, where can people find you on Twitter? What's your Twitter handle here? uh i want to say it's uh at grandstand craig uh spelled exactly as you would think it would be and kevin at grandstand kevin there we go okay i'm at adam bapti uh if you're listening to our podcast uh on mobile or wherever pull it out rate our review or rate our podcast give it five stars leave a review we'll talk about on the next show if you're watching on youtube thank you for watching there please subscribe to our youtube channel hit that thumbs up Follow us all on Twitter, as you just heard, and then our account is at GrandSandGolf. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you again next week. Take care. Take care, everyone. Yep. See you guys. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs>